Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then... One day, he vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is now. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back, the real me, let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're gonna be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh my brother, testify. On Turn On The Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me, as always, are Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Chef Extraordinaire, who is currently in a glass case of emotion, a.k.a. his massive pickup truck, and he is rolling up the highway on his way to the big city. You can find Travis at Dash 37 Boards 27. Fellas... We're going streaking. Come on, everybody. To the quad. Oh. To the quad up to the gymnasium. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can bring your green come hat. On. Yeah, come on, Snoop a loop. So the Jets are now two and thirteen after going zero and thirteen and having the inside shot at Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are now two and thirteen, two wins in a row. They played the Cleveland Browns, who are now at ten and five. Obviously, the Browns were vastly depleted yesterday. They didn't have their left tackle, who was out ill. They lost four of their wide receivers. Their primary read in most situations was Austin Hooper, who is questionable at best in terms of his catching ability. It was a rough day for the Browns. Baker Mayfield, to his credit, did not put the blame on anybody else. I don't know if you saw his post game, but he basically said, I fumbled the ball like three times and that's on me. I can't do that kind of stuff. There's no other excuses. So 
Yeah, and you got to credit the Jets' defense in this game. Yeah, I... I know we were texting about it. It felt like deja vu probably the last six weeks in a row, like jumping out to these leads and then losing most of them except for last week. And then the same thing happens this week. And you look at, again, like, man, like the Browns just looked totally flat against this Jets defense. Man, what a nice win to, like, couple with last week's win. Mayfield, he had 50-something attempts. Like, this did not seem like the game plan maybe that the Browns had come in with, but... Getting down early, getting down 20 yeah, to you gotta, is like, then you're start. in comeback mode. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. You're in comeback mode, and then you're just throwing. And I thought the defensive line did a good job. Yes, I get it. They were without four of their of Baker Mayfield's most reliable options at receiver, Jarvis Landry. Odell Beckham, of course, is out injured. Rashard Higgins, who's come on lately, he wasn't on the field. Baker didn't have a lot to, to throw to, but regardless, Travis – were you impressed with what you saw from guys like Shepard and some of the linebackers yesterday? The linebackers looked pretty good. For me, it was like Franklin Myers and Terrell Basham. We talked about that. He had a pretty mm-hmm. solid game. And it, again, like I, I give a lot of credit to our, our uh, defensive backfield on that. Mallette had a great game. I thought Bryce is still progressing Bryce. and still looking good. Yeah. Um, Bless Austin actually had a pretty good game. Again, like you said, they're going against scrub wide receivers, but it is it's constantly uh, very reassuring for the future. You see in the fact they are actually beating good teams. So they might be the Browns, like you said, depleted, but the, the Rams there, they were a dark horse team that was playing pretty solid. And we're beating these teams with our rookies and our third string safety and the fifth middle linebacker to play this year. Just seeing the, the this draft class of against teams that are actually pretty solid. Cause as I was saying, even though it's a depleted Browns wide receiver core, we've got a pretty damn depleted backfield. So at least our our rookies and, and second right. and third strings are playing pretty well against a, a, a good quarterback and Kareem Hunt. It wasn't a complete scrub team. When you look at what, if you say they only had their backups in, it's, yeah, well, look at our team. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not like our team is the Legion of Boom here either. So the fact that they're at least... They're keeping pace and actually setting the pace against the Browns. That's good. And right, we've talked about this a million times before, but the idea here is if you're constructing a roster, you always want to have solid depth. Those players might not be playing against the likes of Justin Jefferson or, I don't know, Calvin Ridley. doesn't matter. At the same time, you just have to play who you're against. And you want to have that strong base and then you're going to commit back in with free agents and with new draft players and whatever and start to fill back up above those guys to get them into their proper places. So I think in terms of the Jets, if once it was very clear that the Jaguars were not going to win that game yesterday, there's basically nothing the Jets could do to secure that top spot again. There was nothing the Jets could do to fall below uh, the Bengals. So at this point, if you're locked into the two, you might as well win. And so they went out there and did that. Now, the fact that they won yesterday might have had some different implications had they lost to the Browns in that situation. Many folks saw that Jason Lockenfora had a report on CBS Sports that he used some weasel words, but effectively led it to the point that, hey, Adam Gase could have been gone and fired had the Jets lost yesterday because the Jets wanted to get a, a jump on the hiring of other coaches. So when you think about 
whether they won or lost, it's good for the team. It's good for morale. It's good for the players. And we're glad that the players are happy. And since we're locked into this spot, it doesn't matter. But I don't know, Josh, when you think about the report and what the Jets are doing behind the scenes, what is most interesting of the things that you've read or seen reported around the Jets and their head coaching situation? Yeah, Lockin, Jason Lockenford the other day, I think it might have even just been yesterday, had started reporting, at least tweeting, the likelihood that if Wink Martindale, who's, who's the current Ravens defensive coordinator, is considered for a head coaching job, he, he started even putting out um, a couple of names attached to, to Wink Martindale that he would be looking um, potentially to bring on to his staff. And I know no Jet fan wants to hear a defensive coordinator getting a head coaching shot with, with our team, but he started the defensive coordinator from the Ravens, right? right. From the like, Ravens. We, we've <laughs> been plus, down this road. Wasn't he the the host of Match Game? I, yeah. uh, man, it every time I see his name, I'm like, wait, he's still alive and he's coaching? Like, wasn't he a game show host <laughs> in 1972? That's that's quite a career pivot, yeah. It's amazing. He yeah, was on, so I, let's be clear. So Wink Martindale of game show fame, of our childhood fame, was famous for such shows as Tic Tac Doe, Gambit, High Rollers, and Debt. I never saw it. High Debt. Rollers was fantastic. I yeah. loved High Rollers. Sick home from school at my aunt's house watching some watching some good old card sharky ripoff kind of game with Wink Martindale. It was great. Yeah. Tech Tech Doe was amazing because I feel like it was like a video board and you yes. had to like answer questions and maybe they were worth money, but there was like, for some reason, there was a dragon behind one of them. I, and I don't right. even know what the dragon did. It was like their nod at like the whammy or something from Press Your Luck. I don't know. I don't know. But there was a dragon. I do remember distinctly there being a dragon. What a great, the days of game show lore like the golden age was probably <laughs> 1972 to 1987 and then since then it's probably been pretty crappy but we were right in that zone boys it was pretty great anyway right. so this wink martindale don wink martindale donald, right donald yes. wink martindale he's already been rumored to being connected with clemson's offensive coordinator tony elliott and then potentially bringing in a marvin lewis or a lovey smith who have obviously had long head coaching careers um in the nfl different teams different times but to round out his staff. And that's an interesting thing to talk about is that if Wink Martindale should be considered a la Jason Lockenfor's opinion and tweet and that he's looking at this Clemson offensive coordinator, it does throw a little wrinkle into, even with the Jets now locked out of the number one pick for Trevor Lawrence, what does that mean for Trevor Lawrence, guys? What does that camp do if, if Wink Martindale is considered to be bring, being brought in potentially mm -hmm. with the Jets, brings on the offensive coordinator for Clemson, now it's the ball is in Trevor Lawrence's court to figure out what he wants to maybe force. Maybe he's got comfort with Tony Elliott and wants to be in New York. But I thought that was really interesting and wor worthy of a conversation for us to have. Yeah, I'm interested in Martindale. I think he's done a great job with the Ravens. I think, I think we have to, it's hard to look at the Ravens and not decouple the, the excellent work that they do in bringing uh, talent to the organization. So I think you have to consider the fact that if, if he's been successful, that certainly he's had good players, regardless, he's been the defensive coordinator for three seasons with the Ravens. They've been a pretty good squad throughout that time. He has a long history. I think his head coach, John Harbaugh is obviously known as the CEO type and would be a good person to emulate or have watched for the last eight years. And 
Yeah. And so I, I think he would be an interesting person. I'm curious. He's certainly not as brash and bravado as Rex Ryan ever was, but I, I could see him as being a quiet kind of get the job done type for the jets. And right. If he can relinquish some of his, you know, play calling abilities to a Levy Smith or to Tony Elliott, as you said, I think that could certainly set up the team. Travis, curious, what do you think about Wink? I think the biggest uh, plus sign for me in that is Joe Douglas's history with the Ravens organization. I, I feel like that's something that he's probably got in his mind and why he's such a attractive candidate to Douglas and that it comes from that, that similar culture that he's trying to build. So for me, like I, I wouldn't be angry at that at all. One of the things I saw on Twitter this morning quite a bit were people linking the passing game coordinator from the Chiefs, whose name uh, escapes me right now, and I can't really look it up um, while I'm talking. Is he, are you talking about Matt, Mike Kafka, Trev? That's it. Yeah, Kafka. Yeah, thank you. Kafka-esque? Yeah. Yeah, Kafka-esque. Or however yeah, so you pronounce we'll his last name. That. That's, yeah, that's who Kafka. I – that's who I saw. I saw people uh, talking about that on Twitter and linking him to Joe Douglas. I don't know what connection those two have. I've, I remember seeing stuff about that when people were talking about the enemy and mm-hmm. leaning towards him in conversations. So that was an interesting one to me. I think the whole Clemson connection with, with Martindale kind of definitely throws some interesting wrinkles into that situation. But I really don't hate the, the thought of another defensive head coach as long as we're getting a bright offensive minded person in there especially with the culture that Martindale can bring from Baltimore I don't hate that idea at all yeah Kafka would be I remember him like watching him at the combine so he was a player who played with the Eagles for a little bit so I think there might be a little bit he was there from 2010 to 2011 so I don't know if that was overlapped with Joe Douglas I think so I think it just depends on what role you're bringing him in for but He's a quick riser. He's like a John Filippo type where he's only effectively been a coach since 2016. So how far are we bringing him up the organization? And let's just be clear that he is the passing game coordinator for Patrick Mahomes. So there are some shades of Adam Gase there gacy. that I'm like, yeah, it feels a little Gacy. Feels a little Gacy. Yeah, gacy. Yeah. But I'm not saying I'm not saying he is Adam Gase or whatever. I'm just saying you have to be careful. When, when you're pairing the coach and the player who which he is coaching. So just that just bears another level of scrutiny. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, I think that would be interesting. I, I certainly think the Jets, sh- I wish that they you know, go ahead and fire Adam Gase. I pray that they will do next Monday. We will have a dance party podcast where we can just talk about and his eulogy. We can eulogize him or spit dirt in his grave or whatever we want to do. That's my hope that we're doing a week from today. But in the meantime, with the COVID protocols and everything like that, I hope that the Jets will be able to jump on things. And right, if you can get someone like Martindale, that's interesting. You mentioned Tony Elliott and the offensive coordinator there. Obviously the tie to Clemson makes me want to grasp at straws, Josh. Do we think if the offensive coordinator from Clemson comes to New York with Wink Martindale in this scenario that Trevor Lawrence puts himself in a situation where he elways the Jaguars? Man, like it's going to, 
if this happens, this is going to light Sports <laughs> Center and every Talking Head show up for weeks. But man, I it obviously is things we're not a hundred percent sure on. If Trevor Lawrence is particularly close with his offensive coordinator, and maybe his OC is already telling him, "Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about jumping in the NFL." If I land with the Jags or the, or the Jets, man, it'd be fun to have you. But ultimately, end of the day, Trevor's got to do what's best by his career. I don't think trying to go down the Elway path is probably the smartest decision professionally, mm-hmm. but it is certainly fun to think about. The problem is, though, we as the Jets still will have a big decision to make because there's the possibility that these last couple of games, and I know Darnold's not lighting it on fire, but I think we've all started talking ourselves into, all right, if we're stuck at the number two pick, maybe it's Sewell, the offensive tackle, maybe move back into right tackle. And now, oh my gosh, we've got one of the five best offensive lines in the NFL. And then it doesn't almost doesn't matter what skill positions you put around him, you're going to succeed. But man, I this is going to be maybe the most important draft that the mm-hmm. Jets have ever gone into with so many storylines and wrinkles that have to be figured out. And so, man... Joe Douglas better have uh, that Mike McCagnan Dunkin' Donuts drip coffee Mm. at the ready because that man is going to be busy making decisions over these next couple of months. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt for a second. Just wanted to say, first of all, thank you for listening to There's Always Next Year. And I wanted to remind you that when Travis sometimes has a little too much wine, he might slip and hurt himself. And that's bad. 
but it's not as bad as when somebody else causes it. Because whenever you're injured due to somebody else's negligence, it can be a life-changing event. And when that happens, you want a strong legal team fighting for you to make sure you receive full compensation for your injuries. You want to be able to call your legal team whenever you want. You don't want your file to be on a shelf with hundreds of others. And you don't want your lawyers to be afraid to go to court. Here's what you do want. The legal team at Faruqi and Faruqi. They give every client their personal cell phone number to call 24-7. They limit the number of clients they represent at one time so that they can give you ample personal attention. They've got a long track record of taking on insurance companies, corporations, and the government in court. And most importantly, they have a long track record of winning. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Learn more about them by going to nylegalteam.com. That's nylegalteam.com. All right, Brian, sorry about that. The floor is yours, sir. I had already essentially said goodbye to the, sh- the chances of Trevor Lawrence being part of this team. That I shipped that a week ago. But when you think about this team and who they are and in this place, and the easy path here would have been if they just continued to lose, then they get to take the easy path of taking Trevor Lawrence, and then you just rally around that decision as an organization, and every decision follows from that decision, right? What you do with Sam Darnold, what you do with uh, providing weapons for the offense, what you do with rebuilding the defense, all those things happen under the auspices of, okay, like this is, there's no other choice here unless some team just gives you an ungodly amount of draft picks. That's the only choice here, but in the most jetsy fashion possible, you win two games that are effectively meaningless, good for the team, good for the players, good for their resumes, but ultimately only seem to hinder us from the easy path here. So now we're left with the most Jets path that there is, which is you're in the second spot. You don't get to dictate the top player. There's lots of noise and let's say wash, lots of messiness around who the second quarterback is here right now. And I think that will start to make itself clear over the next couple weeks and months ahead as analysts and draft people start to focus more on who the QB2 is. But the the, the big choices here that the Jets face are, what do you do with quarterback, as you talked about, Josh? What do you do with some of the other positions? Do you you just take the best player overall, like you were talking about, like Sewell? And then if you do that, what do you do with Becton? And then, or right, do you trade back? But assuming the Jets stay at two, which is probably the most likely thing to happen, and assuming that they are going to look to take a new direction with quarterback because now Sam Darnold is into year four of his career. According to Football Outsiders, now this is as of week 15 data, he is the 35th quarterback in both overall value and per play value. And so this is a replacement level player as currently constituted And so, yes, could we wait another year and see if he develops and see if putting more weapons around him? But wasn't this the same thing with Mark Sanchez? Like, he just needs more weapons around him. He had all these great players when he came in, and it just it never happened. So at what point do you take the new data of we're not seeing the growth that we want from this player, and also we're not getting ourselves hooked into a contract, a long-term contract, a Carson Wentzian type contract, right? How do we not get ourselves into that situation with Darnold. And so the easiest solution is you take a new quarterback and you just get what you can for Darnold. So 
I think the big question, Travis, that I want to know is I know you guys are on Twitter a lot more than I am. I see a lot of Zach Wilson talk. Like, Travis, are you convinced that taking Zach Wilson is better than A, Penny Sewell, or B, any other quarterback out there and available? I am absolutely not sold on the idea of Zach Wilson. I I think this whole saber-rattling for him and his quick ascension into this QB2 kind of thought process, has it's very similar to to my, I'll I'll admit it, knee-jerk reaction to Justin Fields' really shitty game a couple weeks ago. The body of work is is really what you need to be looking at, and and Justin Fields' body of work definitely pushes him more into that spot than definitely Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson hasn't played a team worth a damn his entire college career. Just because you play one great freaking game, like I no, I can't see it in in any way, shape, or form. He's got some athleticism. Anytime you're playing quarterback at you know that level, you've obviously got at least mm-hmm. some amount of that. But no, I, I can't get behind that at, at all. He might be QB two to another team. I don't feel like he's QB two to the Jets. I feel like this was a Trevor Lawrence or not a quarterback draft is the way I'm I'm looking at it. But if I'm the Jets, there's at least enough red flags around both Wilson and Fields that it just doesn't feel smart to draft either one at two. Like it, it, there are just some shades of Carson Wentz, which I know we've talked about. There's like the quick ascension from hey average quarterback into I'm now the prohibitive number two pick in the NFL draft just always just always worries me. It feels like the guys that pan out over a long term um, career are the guys that we've known for two or three years are going to be really great NFL players like Trevor Lawrence, like Andrew Luck, like Peyton Manning. And those guys at the top of a draft are few and far between for a reason. And so anytime someone starts vaulting up, it does feel a little bit like smoke. And there's enough about Zach Wilson to at the same time I just don't like him at two. I think if the Jets had moved down to 10 or below and Wilson's still there, then it's a good value pick. But I I don't – I know we've gone back and forth all season, guys. We were all on the mm-hmm. Trevor train, and now we're all off the Trevor train, and, and now we're rethinking <laughs> – Well, what is we're not off the Trevor like? train. We're not off Correct. the Trevor train. The Trevor we train left booted. the station. Yeah, or we got we decoupled got from the Trevor train. Uh, we're on the caboose we, just we, hanging out. We – we were thrown off for not having actual tickets. <laughs> we would love Trevor Lawrence, but if it's not Trevor Lawrence to me, this feels like do the boring thing that gives you a 10-year window to build skill positions. And let's remember, there's a 2021 draft and a 2022 draft and a 2023 mm-hmm. draft. Like It's not like they're locked into Sam for the next 10 years if this doesn't pan out. And so I think it might be worth evaluating. Like we have said, most of Sam's career, it's hard to evaluate him purely based on what the team and the coaching staff around him looks like. And so this could be, the, this is the off season of make or break of, Hey Sam, we're going to go offensive line. We're going to get you a running back. We're going to get you another wide receiver. We're going to try to resurrect Chris Herndon. And man, if you can't get it done, we're going to move on at the end of the year. But I feel like they're going to go that path. That feels like the Joe Douglas move to me is mm-hmm. be, get yourself in a position to evaluate the player before you make a massive decision. I am on the outside looking in on the Zach Wilson to the Jets party. And so our very own producer, Scott Mason, was at last night. I was watching, I was watching way too much video clips and stuff last night. It was bad. I was up till two in the morning 
And so I well, was texting. some of that was Columbo. Some of that was yeah, some of it was Columbo. That's fair. Johnny yeah, Cash what the was hell on- was that about? I just was flipping through the channels looking for the for the football game, and I stopped. And Johnny Cash is walking around this luxurious California <laughs> palatial home, and Peter Falk is asking him questions. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what Johnny Cash was on Columbo. This is amazing. And so I was so I watched that for a little bit. And I was very impressed. And I'll, I'll have to go back and watch the whole episode. But it's clearly there's some sort of murder, and it's like maybe the estranged wife of Johnny Cash. I don't know what his character's name is on Columbo, but her name is Edna. And he's talking about how he's out on the road and he's been to jail. It's like he's playing himself, but not himself. And he's did, he, kinda, did, he, did he shoot a man in Reno just to watch him die? <laughs> Why does he feel like they would have given him yeah. the character name of Joe Money to not yeah. be Johnny Cash? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he talks. He's definitely like talking about his wife, quote unquote, Edna on the show. And it's uh, I think he's talking about his first wife like he's not acting. You're watching. You're like, I don't think he's acting. I think he's actually talking about his first wife or that's how he's channeling his actorial emotion here. But uh, yeah, it was fascinating. So we'll go back and see if he was cleared of the crimes and if Columbo had just one more question for him. Or no, I, I had to go. What a find. Him. What a find yeah, during the week amazing. of Blur's Day because, man, there's nothing to do this week. <laughs> there is nothing to do this week. So anyway, so Scott Mason, our producer, is very much inside the Zach Wilson party. And so I'll go through some of the texts I had with him yesterday, but he basically said, I love your brother. Watch this guy on film. This guy is out of his mind. And then we went back and forth for a long time. And he dropped me a lot of Twitter anecdote clips of a guy and I'm watching and I'm seeing some good throws and I'm seeing a guy playing in BYU, which I don't even know what conference that is. Is that like the Big Sky Conference or like BYU? It's got a Mountain West, maybe? Mountain it's the, West. the Mormon Conference. Yeah, it's the Mormon Conference. And so then I start watching cut-ups of him and I'm like, okay, he's playing Navy. Like, I think they're in the Army-Navy game. I think there were four completed passes in the Army-Navy game total. So I'm not really losing my mind over him, like destroying Western Kentucky or whatever, like fine. Here, here's my thing with Zach Wilson. I have no problem with him becoming the QB two, but he doesn't get to take that crown away from guys who played in the big 10, who played in the sec, who are in basically the tunnel of theater programs for the NFL where I'm watching film, 10, 20 minutes of film of this guy, of highlights, highlights, mind you, where he is putting the ball on the wrong shoulder, making contested catches in a hurry-up spread-style offense, and I'm trying to figure out, there are some impressive throws. Does he have a strong arm? Can he throw a rope? Yes, he can. It's impressive. That said... You have to watch those clips and think about it in the NFL context. He's not jumping one level up like to SEC football. He's going to be jumping two levels up to NFL football. And the players are faster. A lot of the throws that he makes, are those windows are not open. I'm telling you, in the NFL, those windows are not open. I understand pro football focus has rated him as their best player this year. I do not care. One of my best friends, Bent, 
who works for Pro Football Focus, has worked for Pro Football Focus, had equity stake in that company. So I have known Pro Football Focus from the very beginning. My biggest problem with Pro Football Focus is that they are grading plays outside of context of larger things that are happening, the data. And so they see a good play from a guy at BYU. Well, congrats. You get to rack up a lot of really great plays and really great throws when you're playing Western Kentucky and you're playing Navy and you're playing UCF, Perriman University. What is UCF famous for? Give me four, three players from UCF that are all-stars in the NFL or major names. I can name you Perriman. I got Dante Culpepper. Okay, Dante Culpepper. He burned bright there for a little bit. And and Traycon Smith. I cannot name another player. I think there's been a couple linebackers who've come out of there, but it's not like UCF is this theater program. And so I am not going to lose my mind in a situation where a guy played football against a team at the right time and stood on his head and had an amazing performance when Jets fans were basically Heismaned by the girl at the bar at closing time and they were looking for the next girl. All right. So I'm saying there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, a lot of recency bias around Zach Wilson. And I'm not saying he's not going to be the QB two, And I'm not saying he's not going to be the best quarterback in this class. But when I see people like Trent Dilfer, who I trust say, you know what, Lawrence and Fields, they're a lot closer than people are giving him credit for. Or I see other people standing for other quarterbacks. If I have to use my number two pick on a quarterback, you have to do a lot to convince me that the ceiling of a player like Justin Fields is not so much higher than that of a guy like Zach Wilson. Justin Fields, who played in the Big Ten, who plays tough games. He's got to get up for tough games every game. He's got a lot of Kyler Murray in his game. He can run. He can throw. Did he have a bad game at a bad time at the worst time? Yes, he did. But at Travis, as you you said earlier, you have to look at the entire body of work. And so I haven't looked at the entire body of work. And so to that point, fellas, I'd like to make an announcement. Are you ready? Go for it. Here's the announcement. I am starting a Substack, and so it's going to be called it's going to be called Mach M A C H, like speed, like Mach Jets speed. And I am going to write, hopefully once a week at least, between now and shortly after the NFL draft, about what the Jets should be doing, who they should be looking at in free agency, in the coaching things, in the draft. I'm going to write. Consider it like a restaurant pop up, Travis. I'm going to do this for a period of time. I don't know that I can commit to longer than that, but I think I can commit to to writing a little bit because I have been here before. I have seen all these things play out where the Jets are in these crossroads situations before and I get on Twitter and I just want to step away because, because what I read on Twitter has no nuance at all. And I like interacting on Twitter and I will continue to interact on Twitter. But as I look over the next couple of months and this critical period of time, I think that we need some nuance here. And so the only way I can do that is in more than 288 characters. So you heard it here first, boys. I'm going to start writing about the Jets, hopefully once a week between now and the NFL draft. If you need filler content, you know where to go. (laughs) 
yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah, I might ask you for some kind of Jordan Kicks Corner or or whiskey. I'm going to be knocking on your door. That will be happening. Or, and this might be cool. I'm curious what you guys think about this. I might write my whole article and then I'll send it to you guys before I publish it. And then you guys can write a little critique, one of you or both of you or whatever. <laughs> you can write a little critique about what I just wrote above and say, yeah, he's right. Or yeah, he's totally wrong. You know, what an idiot. But but um, just remember, I'm excited. I used to be an English teacher. Oh boy, yes. <laughs> no dang, no dangling participles. No dangling participles. I'll make sure to not do that. Always um, use the Oxford comma, and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ooh, good. Love me yeah. a good Oxford comma. I am terrible. I was terrible at an Oxford comma. I think I had a conversation with my current boss. And I, we were talking about the Oxford comma and he was like, you never use the Oxford comma. I'm like, I absolutely always do. And he's like, you never do. And then I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, I never use the Oxford <laughs> comma. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm excited about that. I hope that my goal is to bring a lot more balance and nuance to the conversation in the months ahead, because I remember Matt Miller back in the day, like I was one of the first people to interview him when I was doing the Jets blog, when he was, this was before Bleacher Report even. And he just had his own scouting service and was sharing PDFs and things like that. So I've known Matt Miller a long time, but when I see him jump up Zach Wilson from QB four or six, I can't, I think it was QB four to QB two and write in a tweet that he's the quote unquote clear cut guy. Like, I, I don't know, maybe I haven't been following Miller enough these days, but I, I see the kind of just chicken with their head cut off, running around, no long-term perspective. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't think I can deal with this as we go into the draft with the second overall pick. I don't think I can sit this one out. So anyway, enough about me, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope listeners, dear listeners, you'll come along. I'll put places where you can find it. And we can, we can go down in the anti-Zach Wilson party together and our producer, Scott Mason, can tell us how wrong we are with his front shoulder throws and, and terrible cut-ups of receivers that are not getting hit in strides. I do want to say before I go too far off this is I watched a lot of JT O'Sullivan's QB school. So I don't know if you guys have found JT O'Sullivan's QB school but I would no. highly encourage you. So JT O'Sullivan, former backup quarterback for the Niners. Niners. Yeah. And maybe the Bengals, maybe some other teams too, but he has a thing. You can find him on YouTube called QB school. And so he did some stuff on Sam Darnold and is Sam Darnold. Can he make, take the next step? And he's done a lot of stuff on all these college players, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and Trask and, and all these guys. And so I would definitely encourage you to go there. He does a great job of going through the plays, diagnosing them. And I think he draws some conclusions. But the thing that I really liked about it the most is that he does draw conclusions, but he mostly lets the, at least on his free content, he lets the viewer draw their own conclusion, which I appreciate. And so he, he shows the good, he shows the bad, and then he lets you make up your mind. And I think that's the big thing about film, just as I'm sorry, I'm ranting. I realize I'm ranting at this point, but one of my biggest problems with film is it's easy for two people to watch the same play and see completely different things in that play. Mm. 
based on their context of what's happening in the play, based on whether they like or don't like a player. And so I'll just say this. I'm not saying I'm not going to do film or look at film of these players, but I'm saying I think the metrics guys generally get this stuff more right than wrong. And I think their process is generally better. So look for me to be pulling from people at places like Rotoviz or Kevin Cole from PFF, analytics guy at PFF, rather than people who are film grinding scouts. Just, oh, I watched 17 hours of tape. I don't care. I don't care because that's out of context. Like you're applying your own subjective lens to that. Give me the numbers. How do they rank up against everybody else? And let's talk. All right. I haven't even asked you guys how your Christmas was. We'll do this and then we'll go. How was your Christmas, Josh? No, the Christmas present of you writing again is all this Jets fan needed. I think I I am all in. I am all in for for Mock. I think it's going to be great. No, Christmas was good. Toddler, Toddler twin boys. This was the, obviously their second Christmas, their two but this was like the first time they recognized mm. something was just different with the house, with decorations. And we purposely were safe this Christmas. And so didn't have a ton of family, but we did a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of FaceTimes. And so we set up Christmas three or four different times for them. There's the one with us and then the ones with my mom and then the ones with um, my in-laws. And so we got to do this a few different times with them. And so every time now they wake up from a nap, they expect to go downstairs and find a new set of presents to open, um, <laughs> which is fantastic. But like even like little gifts, little superhero things and things from the movies that they've been enjoying, like there's a connection being made, which is a ton of fun. And so, man, this side of Christmas, like giving to your kids is just a blast. And so it's been really quiet, but at the same time, just a lot of fun in our house with Christmas this year with our boys. Yeah, it was great. I loved your uh, post on Instagram. You had the boys, like they're sitting on the floor, on the carpet, bare feet with their bow ties on and they're looking at like a Zoom screen. And then it's like a two picture kind of panel. And so you slide to the next one and it says, you're muted. (laughs) (laughs) That was the family (laughs) Christmas card, taking advantage of the weirdest year ever. That's so good. That was so good. I loved it. I loved it. Travis, I heard Santa was very nice to you. Ooh. Oh, dude. I, I got two things for Christmas, and they were the two things I wanted more than anything, which was a, a World Series authentic uh, Mookie Betts jersey. But the piece de resistance was I got a pair of gold patent leather Jordan 1s. And as a Christmas present to myself, I decided to purchase a $400 Victorian tux coat to go along with them. If I have to create an event in the coming year for me to dress up to and go to, I'm going to do that just so I can rock those Jordan ones and that, that blazer. I got, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at these Jordans on Instagram dash 37 board 37 beautiful. to be clear dash 37 board 37. They are gorgeous. I don't even want to ask how much they cost because I'm like, damn, I want those so bad. But so you're telling me like, those are dress shoes. Like you will never, you would not wear those in the kitchen. You would wear them for an event or oh, like yeah, a special 100%. date or occasion, but that's it. Okay. Yeah. Those are tucked away with, so I've got a pair of, of purple Jordan fives that go with my purple tux coat and my purple glasses. Mm-hmm. So now I've just got to get a pair of, of gold glasses to go with my tuxedo <laughs> so I can be full on matching and bougie as hell. That's awesome. 
it's you're ready for 2021 when hopefully we return to some more typical in-person things and and but yeah those things are beautiful so i saw those i saw those your mother posted them on instagram and i was like oh my god this that is the greatest mom ever i love the <laughs> fact that she got those for her son this is so great very nice my christmas was good we were here uh, at home with family pretty small i cooked i'm a little proud of myself i cooked a standing Rib roast? Oh, okay, nice. yes. It was, I bought it at a, a local bougie health food store, not Whole Foods, but Elwood Thompson's. And so it was a very expensive piece of meat. And I got five, a five bone thing. So this thing was big and it was only like 10 of us. And so we barely ate half of it. So Travis, I have to ask, I need some help with a couple things. What do I do? Okay with this half i've been eating roast beef sandwiches and things like that what else can i do with this thing because i am not even putting a dent in this thing at this point oh man you can i love making like ribeye chili one of my favorite things along the roast beef sandwich line but uh, so for new year's my my new year's menu this year is titled elevated trash food (laughs) so we're doing tater tots with ocetra and beluga caviar and uh creme fraiche and one of the things i'm doing a a philly cheesesteak with House-made Amarosa rolls, ribeye instead of like steakums, obviously. Yes. And we're doing a raclette cheese that we're going to melt at the table oh, with one of those cheese yes. melters and pour it over top. So you can do something along those lines, dude. I like- yeah, but the Philly cheesesteak way, like that's my thing to do if I've got leftover ribeye ever. Oh, that sounds also, good. Also pepper yes. steak. Uh, like Ooh. pepper steak's a little old school, but I, I, will, yeah. I love that shit. Okay, nice. Thank you. Yeah, I've been looking at this and just carving away little pieces and I'm the only one eating it. I'm like, I got to get some blood tests done next week. Like, <laughs> my poor cholesterol is going to be through the charts. I got to find other ways people to eat this stuff. So thank you. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited for the weeks ahead. I know this year has not been the year that any of us intended it to be, whether it's from the Jets, whether it's from just the way things have gone. But here's what I'll say. People talk about this idea of the new normal. I heard someone challenge my notion of that just with the idea that I don't think we're going back to normal in any way. And we don't want to go back to where we were, right? In a lot of ways, we are better than what we were a year ago. And so I do look forward to 2021. I do look forward to new behaviors and way people act and opportunities But certainly this year has been a crazy year. So we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of you listeners. We hope you've had a healthy and safe year. We know that many of you have suffered. And so if you guys need anything, please like reach out to us. If there's anything we can do, places we can point you, we want to do that. So please find us on Twitter and please make sure to find Scott Mason on Twitter and tell him why Zach Wilson is a horrible mistake. At least at this <laughs> that's, point. That's diabolical. Yeah. But thank you. We wish you all the best. All right. See you. Have a good week, everyone. That's the most sh- sober show I think I've ever done. <laughs> well, you are driving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.